Welcome to the Frog Logic Podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford. Uh, uh, I hope you enjoyed the last show. I know it was a little bit heavy. Uh, it was heavy for me to record that. It was heavy for me to uh, process all of that over the last few months. But uh, hopefully it gave you a little bit of insight as to how I perceive it. Uh, I know there have been just incredible other uh, um, exposés and, and reflections from many, many, many other operators and Intel people, uh, who presented just amazing, amazing shows on everything that's gone on. Um, this show is a kind of a, an attachment to that, uh, because all of this kind of coincided with uh, 9-11 in the 20th anniversary of that horrific and tragic day, but also a day that launched in my mind and in a much more positive note, uh, 20 years of courage that our country really hadn't seen in a long, long, long time. Now, uh, I'll get into that in a little bit, but before uh, just want to let you in on uh, what's been going on uh, in my life and, and what's been happening. Obviously, everybody who's paid any attention has understood that the, the, the challenges that I faced last fall moving into the winter, uh, I had a bit of a shift and uh, moved away from uh, the traditional social media platforms uh, to which I am going to maintain that distance uh, uh, significantly. Uh, we're going to uh, uh, really be uh, moving uh, our video platform off of YouTube, uh, and we're going to be uh, moving it pretty much strictly to Rumble here now in a little bit. Um, uh, you know, some of the other things that have been going on as, as the events business absolutely collapsed, and uh, last year I, I knew I was going to be in trouble I had just given a speech to the Minnesota Twins, their entire minor league players, and I came out and uh, uh, the late Mike Bell, God rest your soul, Mike, uh, uh, so sorry to you, uh, your family, for your sudden and tragic loss last year or this year in the beginning of the year. Uh, Mike died of cancer, a pretty amazing human being. I was very honored uh, to get to spend the last couple months um, just kind of helping him process what he was dealing with. Uh, unfortunately, he succumbed to the horrific disease of cancer. So I I, I walked out and uh, working with the minor leaguers, and, and there was Mike, and he looked at me and said, Hey, Rudd, buddy, I'm sorry, but uh, uh, Major League Baseball just canceled. And that set into motion... Uh, over a year's worth of uh, just uh, incredible uh, worry and 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 struggle trying to figure out as a person who makes uh, my living by uh, going to events and and speaking as a motivational speaker, uh, man, it was a, a true incredible struggle in that moment. Luckily, I uh, was able to do about 35, I think, 35, right around there, 32, 33, some, something like that, uh, online events last year, which really kept me going. So all to, to all those people out there that hired me, thank you so much, and I hope you really enjoyed Pandemic Motivation, Finding a Pathway Through the Pain. Uh, that was the, the speech that I developed for last year. 
Um, and now that uh, things are coming back, but you know, in that time, I got involved with some other entrepreneurial things. Uh, got involved with a, a medical technology company, as I've talked before, mymedicalimages.com. Go check that out if you want to have all your medical images in one place in the palm of your hand. And that's your entire family. Head on over to mymedicalimages.com. Man, great, great platform uh, for storing, managing, and and utilizing all your medical images uh, in in any moment that you need them. Uh, I got involved in a, a great armor company, and we're still developing that out. It's got some new technology behind it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have uh, uh, some new uh, some news coming out of that and here in a little bit. Uh, and then uh, really started working with another organization to uh, help them uh, bring a new type of messaging to their clients, uh, to which I've done a, a already in the last uh, little over a month. I've done seven events with them, and so uh, I'm very blessed and fortunate uh, that God and uh, um, another uh, good friend of mine, Paul, uh, brought me in, uh, to this company and introduced me, and man, I, I just feel so blessed right now uh, to have the work. I'm, I'm pretty much booked all the way through January. Uh, do have some openings, so if your organization is looking for uh, something to lift you out of the COVID blues, if you will, to get you back, uh, get your team back up and running, to, to be able to uh, face uh, the fear of what's going on, to embrace that fear, move forward, to forge your self-confidence uh, individually and both collectively, and then really to strengthen your team orientation and then ultimately to get back to your purpose of whatever it is you do in your business or at home in your personal lives. That's what the Frog Logic message, that's what the Frog Logic concepts are all about. So don't hesitate to reach out at teamfrogloggic.com uh, and request uh, uh, some of my speech descriptions and, and to see if we can help you out. I'm, uh, I'd love to get uh, to come out and, and help you and your organizations really kind of come through this, this pandemic and this post-pandemic motivation that everybody needs. So please don't hesitate to look us up. Uh, we have some other really exciting things uh, that are brewing that we're exploring. Uh, one in particular is uh, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out a way that I can disseminate uh, all of my traditional content. That's the daily dose of motivation. That's motivational videos. Uh, that's motivational blogs. That's this podcast, the Frog Logic podcast, uh, really, and, and, and then also curriculum. Uh, we've been uh, working on some curriculum over the past seven months as well, too, uh, and, and really be able to deliver that play in a succinct way, uh, free of any censorship. So uh, we are exploring that in depth across a couple of different platforms to see how that's going to work. So stand by to stand by on that. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with everything and, and receive uh, these podcasts, as well as maybe some short podcasts about performance uh, sign up for our newsletter at teamfroglogic.com or at thefroglogicinstitute.com um, as we work on other things. One of the big things that we're super excited is I've been working with uh, Dr. Chris Free, uh, Jana, uh, myself, and a couple others uh, to produce an online education program called Operator Syndrome. Uh, yep, that's right. We are going to do an online course uh, directed for operators uh, over the last 20 years who uh, who have had the incredible 
uh, for uh, tenacity and fortitude to wage this war against global terrorism and other things over the last 20 years. And, and uh, as a result of that effort, and that sacrifice, many, many thousands of operators are suffering from operator syndrome which is a unique phenomenon uh, across the constellation of special operations requirements. Uh, the gentleman by the name of Dr. Chris Free is the guy who wrote this paper, along with a few other of his colleagues, coined the phrase and is really the one leading the charge on how to educate not only our operators as to the magnitude of what they're facing in terms of the 15 different medical and mental health challenges that exist within operator syndrome, but also to the spouses, family members, and to mental, uh, medical and health, mental health professionals out there who aren't sure what they're seeing as operators come into their office in terms of primary care providers or VA physicians or physician's assistants or nurse practitioners, or even just uh, social workers out there, psychologists or psychiatrists who aren't sure as to what they're seeing and how to treat it. So, uh, in the next few months, uh, we're going to be prepared. We're wrapping this up. We're finishing all the major editing right now of all the videos. Uh, and then we're going to finalize curriculum uh, process and, and all the other things affiliated. And then you'll be able to get that off the Frog Logic Institute here in the future. Uh, we're also working on cultivating and developing a nonprofit uh, to assist fundraising so that we can send operators who are in dire need of, of these types of very specific treatments and uh, assessments uh, to the locations, uh, which are very few and far between, of the organizations that we're going to partner with in order to really cultivate treatment that specifically targets operator syndrome for the operators that are suffering. Because you cannot ask people to get engaged in sustained combat and training missions for extended period of times without having operators uh, suffer from some significant mental health and medical issues. So that's what we're working on too, where you have a few other courses that we're trying to build out in the, in the process as well. Uh, if you want to follow me, the only place I'm left on right now is LinkedIn, or you can sign up for our newsletter uh, out there and really uh, get to the place uh, where you're receiving our information. We're going to start ramping that up and try and do a weekly newspaper. Might be bi-weekly right now, but our goal is to get it up to where it's weekly and we're producing content for you every week to get you to think not only about uh, different motivational, inspiring concepts, but also to think about uh, critical thinking, how to uh, develop those critical thinking skills how to develop your performance, understanding, and concepts, and most importantly, uh, really just how to improve your life uh, in a way that helps you really seek out uh, that greater purpose and meaning in life, uh, which I've been uh, attempting to do for the past 30-plus years, and that's what the frog con concepts are rooted in, is this experience that I've uh, been able to participate in. Uh, uh, if you want to reach out, uh, uh, to us, uh, just go online at, uh, teamfroglogic.com or the froglogicinstitute.com. Send us a note, an email, uh, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. All right. Um, 9-11, 20 years of courage. Was it worth it? 
This is a legitimate question that we need to ask. And I know a lot of people, after what we just witnessed in the Afghanistan withdrawal and pullout debacle, uh, a lot of people are you know, struggling to answer that question in any type of positive manner. Because when you invest 20 years of your life uh, as an operator uh, to supporting this war and, uh, you know, you... Uh, when you walk away or you see us walking away from it and the very people that we went to condemn, the very people that we went to uh, eradicate from, you know, now they're in charge and they possess $85 billion worth of advanced weaponry uh, and we're trying to uh, structure uh, negotiations with these people as a as a, a legitimate government entity. Um, it makes it tough. It makes it certainly tough to figure out, was it worth it? Now, what I hope to do right now is to offer a perspective that is rooted in dignity, right? And, and, and what is dignity? Dignity is essentially uh, the essence of, of how we feel, that you feel prideful, you feel uh, legitimized, you feel fulfilled, you feel as if there's purpose and meaning behind your actions and intentions, right? And that uh, no matter what you face in terms of uh, the, the dismantling of, of your pride, the dismantling of your efforts or the perceived dismantling of those efforts, um, that your dignity can be remain intact. Now, I know... Um, when I look back and, and what I always like to do is I always like to go back and, and just kind of go through some of the names and, and see my teammates that have given the paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, for this war. And, um, you know, it's, it's a powerful thing to think about uh, our greatest warriors, uh, you know, a large number of, of dead fathers and dead uh, brothers and sons and, and uncles and and teammates and and friends and and to recognize that you know their sacrifice uh, was not for for nothing that their sacrifice was the epitome of what actually makes this country great now if you've forgotten too man you you need to understand uh, to go back and really watch, what happened on 9-11? I mean, that was the, the second greatest attack in, on our nation in modern history. And we it, it thrust us, it propelled us into uh, a nation uh, of, of, of war footing. And that's a significant commit, commitment. Now, unfortunately, I think the initial strategy which was to eradicate our uh, the world of, of uh, Al-Qaeda and, and all those that support their radical indoctrination, uh, the, the destructive nature of Islam, and you know to recognize that that strategy, uh, it didn't last long. However, uh, up front and in the beginning, man, it sure seemed like we were hell-bent on, on, on seeking the, rev, the rightful revenge to these people. 
And I remember myself being uh, completely immersed uh, in, in, in what that looked like and in, in, in the excitement uh, to put the full weight of Naval Special Warfare behind this effort, to put the full weight of Special Operations Community behind this effort, and to put the full weight of the United States military and intelligence apparatus in, uh, in this, right? To take the chaos of 9-11 and bring order to the world and the recognition that these rogue states, these rogue actors, these rogue enemy, uh, they will not be tolerated. And we will uh, extend every reach known within our capabilities to righting the wrong to seeking justice for those who destroyed and killed our fellow Americans. And that's a prideful thing, man. That's something that we should all unify around. And it makes you wonder why people don't unify around that anymore. Why people can't come together and see uh, that the sequence of events were so profoundly uniting uh, that that is the greatest strength that we can embody as a nation is this collective mindset to defend freedom and democracy, to defend our constitutional republic against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that's what it takes. It takes the likes of of Neil Roberts in March of, of 02 in Afghanistan. My friend Matt Bourgeois, 27 March 02. Tom Retzer. 26 June 03, Afghanistan. David Tapper, 20 August 03, Afghanistan. I mean, these names, these people, they immediately, we started to feel the effects right away. Uh, Much less all the other people that were wounded or the other casualties that we faced. And this was warfare. And... You know, it's just it's a it's critical that we begin to understand the magnitude of of how each one of these men's participation, the role it plays in the lives of the people that love them most. And when you think about the next incredible loss that we had, Brian Woulette, 29 May 04, Afghanistan, Matt Axelson, 28 June 05. Afghanistan, Danny Dietz, 28 June 05, Jacques Fontaine, 28 June 05, Eric Christensen, incredible young man, 28 June 05, my friend Jeff Lucas, 28 June 05, Jeff Taylor, 28 June 05, Mike McGreevy, 28 June 05, Mike Murphy, Medal of Honor recipient, 28 June 05. Dan Healy, 28 June 05. Shane Patton, 28 June 05. James Sue, 28 June 05. Of course, all these men I'm speaking of died in Red Wings. And my good friend Marcus Luttrell, the survivor of that. And I think what's really amazing about that story was the willingness for these men to go into harm's way for each other to support this 20 years of courage, this 20 years of sacrifice to face uh, the enemy in their own backyard. 
And what I love about Marcus was, you know, he didn't stop after that. He deployed again to Iraq in the Battle of Ramani with SEAL Team 5. He went back to the fight because of his commitment to his brothers, along with many, many other men that lost their teammates during those times. You know, when you start to process the magnitude of, of, of human life that we've lost, you know, people always want to, you know, affiliate numbers. It's the metrics. It's the body counts that, that, that we have to uh, assess in order to feel the gravity of, of that particular incident. I, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that we, we need 400,000 plus deaths to really feel the impact. We need, we need uh, 600,000 deaths to feel the impact. We, you know, these are numbers that are astronomical numbers, certainly. And every one of those deaths uh, should be remembered in detail. But again, man, these men right here, they're the ones that have given you your freedom. They're the ones that have stemmed the tide of terrorism, showing its ugly face on our shores again. By going to these foreign lands and giving everything they are and everything they would have ever been so that you can have what you have, so that you have a voice, so that you have uh, liberties. It's critical to remember their names. Mark Lee, 2 August, Iraq, 06. Mike Mansour, Medal of Honor recipient, 29 September, 06, Iraq. Joseph Schwedler, 6 April, 07, Iraq. Robert McGrill, 6 July, 07, Iraq. My friend Jason Lewis, 6 July, 07, Iraq. Steve Daugherty, 6 July, 07, Iraq. Mark Carter, 11 December, 07, Iraq. Nate Hardy, 4 February, 08, Iraq. Michael Koch, 4 February, 08, Iraq. Louis Sofront, 7 February, 08, Iraq. When you start to think about, you know, who were these young men? How extensively courageous were they? What were they thinking about on those missions? What were they thinking about the nights and the days before as they ran into gunfire or they were uh, in incredibly dangerous situations where they were facing things that they'd never dreamed they would ever face before. And now they were willingly, courageously on your behalf. Because that's what's critical to remember. Right? These are the reminders. It's not the, the, the falling buildings per se, as although those visuals, they... they they ingrain a visual in your head forever. The planes hitting the buildings, the collapse of the buildings, the rubble afterwards. But remember the residual effects of, of, of 9-11 launched 20 years of courage. 20 years of courage. Now as the, the weeks 
were leading up to 9-11 and I was watching what was happening in Afghanistan and other places around the world in terms of our uh, geostrategic um, maneuvering, I began to recognize that, you know, Different thoughts have permeated into um, what it takes to project courage, to project uh, world power and dominance in a, in a world that's on shaky footing right now, immense shaky footing. And as I began to try and process coming up on 20 years and what that 20 years has done to me and myself and my family and my friends and my teammates and my brothers, man, it's heavy. And so it's critical to go back and, 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 and to have those memories be repeated. Josh Harris, 30 August, 08, Afghanistan. John Markham, 11 September, 08. My friend Jason Freewall, 11 September 08. Tyler Trahan, 30 April 09, Iraq. Adam Brown, 17 March 10, Afghanistan. And if you haven't done it to now, I highly recommend you go read the book Fearless about the Adam Brown story. Just one example of the remarkable human beings that have uh, stepped into the abyss, into harm's way, down into Dante's inferno, so you can have what you have. So that you can wake up and you can get on Instagram and Facebook and make comments, so that you can uh, 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 espouse to to know uh, all that you know and to be a... a a warrior versus right and wrong. Or at least your perceived idea of right and wrong. For all those people who are uh, insistent on, on kneeling during the, the, the national anthem, Colin Thomas, 18 August 2010, Afghanistan, gave you that right. Adam Smith, 21 September 2010, Dennis Miranda, 21 September 2010, Afghanistan. David McClendon, McClendon, 21 September 2010, Afghanistan. Brendan Looney, 21 September 2010, Afghanistan. These men, they gave you the right to say the things that you're saying to actively espouse that somehow, some way that America is built on a foundation of, of, of evil in some capacity. When in fact, the evils that are being brought up, the evils that are being espoused, these evils are indicative of every culture around the world throughout the history of mankind. And it is the sacrifices sacrifices at the highest level of men whose names you need to know that changed those evils, 
that evolved those evils into a system of governance that is the best form of governments on the planet, period. A a government ruled by the people. And so it's critical that you remember around these times on the the various hallowed ground, whether you're in New York or you're in Shakesville, uh, Shakersville, uh, that Shakers, Shakersville, Pennsylvania, or you're in Washington, D.C., around the Pentagon, that you remember Jason Workman, 6 August 2011. Craig Vickers, 6 August 2011. Aaron Vaughn, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. John Tumelson, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Mike Strange, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Nick Svihar, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Heath Robinson, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Robert Reeves, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Thomas Ratzliff, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Jesse Pittman, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Nick Hull, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Stephen Mills, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Matt Matt Mazden, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Lou Langless, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Jonas Kelsall, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Kevin Houston, 6 August 2011 Afghanistan John Foss 6 August 2011 Afghanistan John Durgandar Dundagara 6 August 2011 Afghanistan Jared Day 6 August 2011 Afghanistan Chris Campbell 6 August 2011 Afghanistan Brian Bill 6 August 2011 Afghanistan Derek Benson, 6 August 2011, Afghanistan. Extortion 17 was real. The single greatest day of loss in our unit's history. The single greatest day of loss in the Afghanistan war in 20 years. The single greatest day of loss of life in both wars, all wars and a war on terror in the last 20 years. These men were imbued with a courage that is undeniable. And if the courage is undeniable, so too shall the effort. Your ability to to rationalize away their effort to demean or demote or to lessen. Why are you doing it? Now, as 9-11 led up and I got this incredible invitation again by Bernie Carrick and, and, and Mayor Julie. Well, Bernie invited me to a private event from him and, and Mayor Giuliani and their team of people that was there on 9-11. And so I, I made the decision to go up and attend this, um, to go to Ground Zero because all of these memories of these men were calling me. They were, they had woven their sacrifice into my consciousness in such a way that it could not be uh, dismantled, could not be separated from the harsh realities of what it takes to keep this country safe. 
And so I went up there. My brother and his partner live in New York, and I thank them so much for allowing me to stay with them on this hallowed weekend. And what I did is I invited a friend of mine uh, to come and join me. And this is a uh, one of one of the greatest uh, people that has participated uh, in the last twenty years. A true, uh, uh, incredible effort on his part. Twenty incredible years of, of courage that he has shown and continues to show in his efforts in, in, in this world and in our country. Because I know we needed some swim buddy rules. We needed to have the swim buddies around us as we always need to have our swim buddies around us to help us when we are contemplating uh, the intensity of emotions the intensity of thoughts that are uh, infecting our perception of was it all worth it? Was it worth it for Caleb Nelson, 1 October 2011, Afghanistan? Or Chris Moscow, 26 April 2012, Afghanistan? Or David Warson, 6 August? 2012 Afghanistan or Patrick Feeks 16 August 2012 Afghanistan Sean Carson 6 August 2012 Afghanistan Matt Cantor 1 November 2012 Afghanistan Kevin Ebert 24 November 2012 Afghanistan Nick Check. 8 December 2012, Afghanistan. You know, it's it's intense to wrap your mind around this and to recognize that the fight is still going on. I mean, when you start to think about swim buddies and out there in the in the mix, I still have friends that are still engaged, that are still working, that are still participating in, in, in the next evolution of what we're going to face as a country, most specifically China. If you're uh, unwilling to recognize the massive uh, uh, infiltration of China into every aspect of crippling us, then you are not paying attention and you are... Uh, uh, actively uh, participating in in uh, the covert actions of the Chinese because you're not concerned. You think it's just uh, for some reason, potentially because there's not enough names, there's not enough people like Christian Pike, 13 uh, March 2013, Charles Humphrey Keating, 3 May 2016, Iraq, Jason Finnan, 20 October 16, Iraq. Ryan Owens, 29 January, Yemen, 2017. Kaya Milliken, 5 May 2017, Somalia. These are the names of the people who have been killed in action since 2001, September 2001. Swim buddies for a lot of different people, a lot of different wives and girlfriends and mothers and fathers and brothers 
nieces and nephews and children, the children who've lost their fathers because of 20 years of courage. It says, uh, as my friend arrived uh, and showed up, we got ready and, and we went down to ground zero. And they had it roped off so all of the family members of those 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 2,977 people, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, their families of those who died in those towers and on the ground those days, uh, the people who worked in those buildings, the people who were who on the ground, uh, the firefighters, the police officers, the Port Authority people, uh, the, the just the people at the Pentagon, people on those flights. We went there to remember them and to remember our brothers in arms. My friend has lost plenty of his friends as well, too. You see, there's been a lot of other people that have, have, have committed themselves uh, to the war in, in many other ways, whether it was diplomatic missions, you know, what they were doing, whether they were working for the agency or they were working for DIA or they were working for uh, whoever. And those are, names are Chris Moeller, 25 October 2003. Jeremy Wise, 30 December 2009, Afghanistan. My good friend and ba former boss, Tyrone Woods, 12 September 2012. Glenn Doherty, 12 September 2012. Brian Hoke, Afghanistan, 21 October 2016. My good friend, Scotty Wirtz, 16 January 2019, Syria. Michael Goodbow, 24 November, Somalia, 2020. These are the men who stepped forward into the face of death with the ultimate courage and gave their ultimate sacrifice for you. And we must not forget that. And as I walked around, as, as my friend and I walked, before we went in, they had roped off all the sections. And before we went in, there's this great firefighter bar right there next to where it is. And we walked in there and there were so many firefighters in there just remembering and remembering their friends and having drinks. And, and hopefully we're existing in a place where uh, the memories of their friends were not lost, unforgotten uh, 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 sacrifices. And that the tone of what was uh, happening now wasn't uh, drowning out the importance of those moments in those days. But the coolest aspect of it was we were sitting outside and we were having a drink. And, and, and these young Marines came walking by. And these two young guys. And they were in their dress blues. And they looked sharp. And, you know, everything. And I was like, hey, mate, get over here right now. Come on over here. And uh, we sat with them for the next hour plus. And in my mind, it was, it was just wondering, why are you doing this? Why are you rogering up to serve? What's your purpose? 
What do you want to do with your life while you are in uniform? And it was interesting because the, the response this young Marine was giving was, was uh, seemed as if it was uh, taken off the Marine Corps manual on like page 83 or whatever page, I don't know. But, but it didn't take long for myself and my friend to jump in and, and try to pass that torch and recognition that, hey, your 9-11 is coming. And that you need to start working on the focus of your skill sets and your level of commitment. But more importantly, you need to recognize that courage is needed. Needed now more than ever. We're moving into a time and a space where, where lots of things are in question. There's lots of, 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 of different ideas and, and information that's being come out, that's being manipulated and cajoled. There's a lot of suppression of ideas. Critical thinking is being decimated at every level, especially in our major universities and now even in K through 12. And it would seem that the, the destructive nature of partisan politics is, 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 is infecting like COVID every aspect of our lives and hopefully not the minds of young people. Because we need to pass the torch. We need people to roger up. Because the whispers of those who died that day in New York City, they were deafening. In fact, the whispers became screams in my mind. And the cold pavement as I took off the combat boots that I had been wearing for the 10 years that I deployed from 02 to 2011, as I took those jungle boots off and walked around and put my toes in the grass and around ground zero, and I looked at the flowers stuck in the names and the flags, I recognized that we need to stay in the fight. Because the fight is not going to die. It's not going anywhere. We, we, we like to somewhat imagine that there's this possibility, that there's this utopic uh, potentiality if, 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 if we just capitulate to these emerging new ideas of kind of one world order. It's just not how it works. The world is too much of a different place. And thank God, those differences are really what make... America special, the courage of these people, the courage of, of, of uh, those that have uh, participated. Because when that courage is broken down, when, 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 when the front line begins to deteriorate, and I'm not talking about the front line overseas in Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever. I'm talking the front line in your mind. Because we all have to get up on the line at some point. We all have to recognize that 9-11 is not just a singular event that will never happen in history, just like Pearl Harbor, just like uh, the Battle of Gettysburg, just like uh, the... Battle of Boston Harbor. Nobody ever thought that these things would happen, but they did. 
and they will continue to happen because it it is the front line is out there and perpetually either inching closer to you or you're propping it up or or inside your own mind it's beginning to deteriorate And we need young men to roger up and women to roger up and to say, hey, choose me. Send me forth unto the breach. I have not forgotten. I was not alive or I was too young to remember 9-11, but I know this person. I know their sacrifice was real. And if it's not all these names I'm reading to you now, thir- think about the 13 Marines and the one, uh, the 13 young men and women that died just recently in Kabul from a a murderous Taliban suicide bomber. Think about that. It's still happening no matter what. And so we need people to get up on the line. We need to not forget why we need to get on the line. And those scars of war are critical to understand too. Because if we don't get enough people to roger up on the line and people, uh, young men and, and women or in my world, young men in particular that have to wage this war, wage this fight in, a, in an extremely long period, then they begin to feel those scars or the open wounds in their mind and in their hearts through operator syndrome. These are the people that we need to understand. Richard Allen Bruce, 2 June, Iraq, 2004. Mark Methro, 11 April, Baghdad, 08. David Leconte, 13 November, 09. Robert Guzzo, 12 November, 12. David Collins, 12 March, 14. Lincoln Bashu, 3 August, 14. Kaplan Ware, 15 November, 15. Daniel Del Bianco, 5 April, 16. My good buddy Mark Miner, 25 December, 16. Ryan Larkin, 23 April, 17. Bill Mulder, 9 June, 17. Bruce Cunningham, May, 15. Gabe Accardi, Dave Hall, the scars of war can pull you off that line faster than you could even imagine. In fact, they can be so tremendously overwhelming that they force your own defeat in your own mind. So what are we doing for them? These are the monument men we must not forget. These are the men that shall cast the shadow over our own selfishness. These are the names. These are the monument men and the names that have given so much. So much of of who we are and what we are. They have provided us this. Now, as we walked around those ground zero 
We looked at the monument to the names of those who fall that day. We think to ourselves, hey, why did we do it? And we did it for those who came before us, those who gave all before us, those who were on the line before us, because the line needs to be perpetuated in a way uh, that is unrelenting, unbreakable. A spirited investment that proves the statement we have nothing to fear but fear itself. To be the torchbearers for their names. To be the torchbearers for courage. These are the people we have to remember. Now, after we left the site, we were, it was a pretty somber experience. But later that evening, we got uh, dressed up and had a little fun with our uh, <laughs> lapel pins. Um, but we went into this private dinner and we sat back and we listened to Bernie Carrick and all of his team, all of his guys on his squad that helped that day one of the darkest days in our nations here, show us that courage doesn't just come from the military. Courage comes from law enforcement. Courage came from the firefighters. Courage came from the people who worked on their staff, the mayor's staff, his staff, the random acts of kindness and, and how the people, the, the Green Beret who got all the uh, Merrill Lynch folks out and other people that got other people out and the people who went back in the buildings. Thousands and thousands of stories of heroic people. People imbued with a courage to treat each other as fellow Americans. This is the courage we need now more than ever. This is the courage that all of you possess should you choose to want to get on the line. And I remember Bernie talking about his team and he said, the only reason I was able to do what I was able to do was because of the men and women around me. And every single operator I've ever, I've ever met, every operator that has sacrificed years downrange, years, not just a few deployments like me, but years downrange. And they all say the same thing. I did it for the guys who didn't come back. I did it for my family member. I did it for those who couldn't do it, who didn't possess the courage to roger up, to stand the line against evil, against the perpetual malevolence of other human beings. And I'm hoping that that day, that 9-11, the 20-year anniversary, I hope it, it, it rooted in you. And I hope you dug a little deeper and recognize that each person that we have lost since that day and on that day, they all had names. They are the real monuments to what America is about. They are the real heroes. They are the people that we should espouse to be more like. They are the courageous.
I scan their eyes and I look at their faces. And I tell their deeds and their stories to my children. My four daughters. Who I try and explain the magnitude of sacrifice and integrity and dignity and where that comes from. It does come not come from cowering against the evils of the world. It comes from having the courage to stand up against the tyrannies of other men and women. So I ask you, do not forget these monument men and women. Do not forget these names. Do not forget the date, 9-11. Do not forget its relevance. Do not forget the inspiration you felt afterwards when you knew that America, that the Department of Defense, the, that the special operations, that the intelligence agencies, that, that, that the SEAL teams were going after to hunt down those that hurt us, that hurt this country with reckless abandon. But yet, with a focused courage that did not break, that will not break, and will forever be in place. Those are the memories that I have of 9-11. I just want to thank Bernie for inviting me to that. I want to thank Mayor Giuliani. I want to thank all the cops that were there, the firefighters are there, the first responders, and all those that day who did that because it was you who lifted us out of the ashes. It was you that brought us back to the forefront of the fight. You were the front line. You were the igniters of courage. And I thank you for that. I want to thank all the civilians that day who did amazing, beautiful things for each other. I want to thank the military and what your sacrifice has made and the, what you're trying to do now. And to all those team guys that are standing your ground, God bless you. Do not wither. I want to thank all those at the agency for the effort that you made over the last 20 years, those I had the opportunity to meet and work with. God bless you. God bless your courage. And may you continue to have the courage to fight the good fight. All those who fought the wars over the years, thank you. Thank you for spilling your own blood or watching your brothers and sisters spill their blood in the face of evil. I want to thank all those who've died. All those names I read today, some of the others who've died in training, friends of mine, friends of yours, thank you. Thank you to your families. God bless your families and I hope that at some point they'll recognize the immense courage that you had. And those who continue to die, the 13 we just lost, all those are injured, those who are on the front lines right now around the world, wielding the might of the American government. And even though it might not feel like you have 100% support from all Americans, know this, you have enough support there are enough people out there who truly believe in what you're doing, who truly believe in, in who you are, who are inspired 
by your courage, do not relent. And to those of you who are willing to die for what this country represents, thank you. I want to thank all the people that are paying attention still to me, all the Frog Logic followers and fans. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I've been gone for a while, but I'm coming back. I'm re-inspired to have the courage to get back in this fight. I'm blessed to be able to have a platform of any kind. So thank you. To my friends who've supported me, thank you. My family members, thank you. My brothers in arms that are out there every day supporting me and reaching out and helping me. And my mom helping you. God bless you. Thank you so much. To John and the kids, thank you so much for all you do every day to give me the courage to stay in the fight in this new fight that we're facing. And lastly, I want to thank Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Without your presence, without your courage to climb on that cross for the forgiveness of my sins, I would not have the structure of courage to look upon. I would not have the inspiration, the divine inspiration to walk forth in the face of tyranny and evil and to bring the light, to bring a message of hope and courage to all of those. Seek and ye shall find. Thank you.